Okay, are we on? Yeah, there we are. It's so neat to have um, Chris and Brent with us from Texas. And, um, yeah, cool. They, uh, they listen to our podcast, so that's clear down there. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to have kept this uh, friendship with these two. And um, they come and uh, stay with Kenny and Cheryl. I've done that several times now. And um, it's always so comfortable to have you. So thank you. You're just great to be um, just really nice to have around. And we appreciate it. Appreciate you. Uh, turn with me to Isaiah 64. I was, um, I was in this chapter this week in my uh, comfort text that you can subscribe to, and um, that's been a great avenue for me to just keep posting scriptures and words of comfort and encouragement. Isaiah 64, is that what I said? I said the wrong thing. My, my mode right now, I've changed uh, the one banner on my flagpole, um, mostly because my Trump 2020 was getting pretty tattered. I'm like, looking, looking bad. And, and uh, haven't changed my stance and waiting and holding on to that. But um, I, I got an appeal to heaven banner, which is also exactly where we are and where, where I am. Making an appeal to heaven for our entire entire world. I've never felt so connected to what's going on and what the Lord is doing on the earth. And um, so, I, I've I, I've it's been it's just been a joy to um, be enlightened about it, to see, to understand. And um, once you really understand things, then. Your prayers change from just being a something someone tells you to pray for to a thing of having it on your heart. I have always said this, that I think real intercession is those, it, it can only happen from a heart that carries the passion for it. And so um, prayers that are just prayed without that connection, I'm like, ah, it's, they're good, but yeah, you know, I would never say don't pray, but... But there's, when you carry a burden for someone, your job is not necessarily to get everybody else to pray for it. Your job is to, you pray. You've got something, you've got an element that you need. And when you take that element from your heart and direct it towards heaven, your prayer has power, it has impact. The Lord hears our cry. A cry isn't a rote prayer. A cry is, ah, you know, a cry is passionate, whatever it sounds like. Um, and and he, he responds to that. We, we, by nature, respond to a baby's cry. Whether we're the parent or not, we bec- immediately become uncomfortable. That's why it's hard to keep all of you focused if one of our little ones starts fussing or crying. You're all like, mm, like, they're, they're fine. We're all, they'll, they'll be fine. But we cannot help ourselves. We're like. What's going on? Yeah. And um, we're wired that way. Uh, We're wired that way because we were made in his image. 
Because when he hears you cry, when he hears and perceives something from your heart, whether you have, like my grandson, a boo-boo, sometimes they're make-believe, but it doesn't matter. We kiss it anyways, right? Sometimes our boo-boos are ridiculous and we're crying to heaven and the Lord's like, I'll ki- you're okay, I'll kiss it anyways, you know? Last night playing with Jace, he fell in the grass. He's never a problem to fall, but he, he got grass stains on his knee because he, um, he had shorts on. He couldn't let that go. That was like, we, we had to wash that off. And Yeah, wow. Interesting, huh? So it was better just deal with it so we can move on with playing in the yard, you know, that thing. The Lord loves us. We have a heart cry. And so I've changed this banner to an appeal from heaven. This is what Isaiah 64 is. I've seen it so often come back to this passage. We've prayed it in our prayer times. It's a really passionate. I actually went back to my New King James Version to, to read it and speak out of today because it's, it's, uh, it's laid out just so clearly in this, and, and I'm familiar, so familiar with the words. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. So, whoa, it's radical. Be careful what you pray. You know, if, if mountains start shaking, nobody on earth is safe. Like, this is passionate language and so there but there's this cry birthed out of a real need that i think we're all experiencing god break through this come rescue break through this is insane this is getting worse the whole the whole world is suffering at a whole nother level from the injustices and the ridiculousness and the 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 oppression If you're dialed in at all, you're like, we're not alone. This is for the sake of the world. And if you're dialed in at all, you also know God initiated the rescue. He already did. I was listening to, um, I highly recommend again, um, Johnny Enlow and his last uh, podcast, um, YouTube video um, on Elijah Streams with Steve Schultz. And he, he goes into some... You know, like buckle your seatbelt. Like there's, we're getting beyond what we call normal. Okay, even in the church, like we've got, we're seeing some things that are new and different. We're going to have to apply discernment to discern. Is this heresy? Is this, you know, expanded? What what is it? So there are things that I'm even listening to. Read like, okay, take it easy. What's this? What's that? And um. There's a, a, a value to having an open mind because as the church, we can get very locked into things. And, and yet, there's, there's that I, w- I want to be open enough to consider and then take that and quietly and meditate on those things and look. And he was talking about that in 2012, um, prophets began to declare that something had happened, had come, that an awakening was come, that it it started in 2012. Now, we don't have visual things to see that that happened, but the Lord can start things that we don't see the beginnings of. If I planted my garden tomorrow and then invited everybody over and said, hey, look at the, especially the seeds, you know, 
I see some lines. It's nice that the dirt's all, you know, leveled, but no evidence. It takes time for that to germinate. And the Lord is, is why we've got to get, we've got to get a kingdom mentality and a God is bigger than all of it mentality and a God who initiates things before we probably ever thought to pray about it. He knows we're in trouble before we knows we're in trouble. That would be the takeaway from that. Like, oh, Lord, Jesus is like, yeah, I've been saving you for a long time. You just finally realized it. You ever go through some things and see some things go, oh, I could have went there. Yeah, you could. You could have. I saved you. I rescued you. I, I blocked you, and you were fussing about it. You remember all that fussing you did back in such and such a year? That was me going, nope, it's the wrong way. This will lead to something you have no idea what it will bring. So how, how often when the Lord stops us, we're like, oh, wow, it takes us a while to see that. And so the Lord's at work, and, and there's a, I've been releasing a, an appeal to heaven for the situations we're in. I release appeals and intercessions for the people that have the courage to stand up and fight for the justices and for the, for the injustice, for all of the horrible things that there are, there are people and patriots. And I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with them because the church needs to catch up to some of this stuff. We've kind of had our heads buried in some things and, and our mentality of the kingdom is get everybody saved and leave the planet. And it's really the theme of my message today. There's more than just that. Why do you get born again? Why is that important? Which it is absolutely essential and important. But what is beyond that? Just filling the church up, a building up. We have so many people, how many, you know, and we get, get focused on the numbers and the money and the whatever. And the, and the church has become, a, at times, we've become a disgrace because our focus is we're, we're building this thing and we're all concerned about certain things and, and we're missing the point. We're, we're not seeing the neighbor. We're not seeing the neighborhood. We're not seeing those that are in bond. Like we, we get very tunnel vision. And, and it, it's easy to happen, but there's, there's so much more. There's a whole world out there to save and to rescue and deliver like you're born again you've come to the lord so that you can do your part to bring the redemption and this awakening and this new thing that the lord wants to bring and and the church need i want to see the church i want to see us as believers be engaged in it not checked out and as soon as things aren't working out the way we should, we're so nearsighted, we're so impatient. And that's why you'll see in, the, in language in this, in this portion of Scripture, wait on those that wait on the Lord. And waiting is, is such an important thing. If you learn to wait, wait, waiting requires all this trust. And you, you've got to learn to trust and what the Lord is doing that at his, in his time and in his way that he's working when you can't see it. it was, it's in one of our songs, isn't it? Was it Waymaker? Even when I can't see that you, you, know, you are working, even when I can't you know, perceive that, you're working, you're at work. You never, you never fail, you never stop, you never cease. So 
every time and often, once you see this, then you look back through, especially the Old Testament, and you see the word mountains, it, it's usually referring to governments. Mountain shake, and it, it's, mountains is a very synonymous term, and that's not a stretch, that's, you can, it, you can apply it. It has to do with nations and governments. And, and this, this shaking, we're in this shaking, and he says, oh, that you would come down and, and shake the mountains, shake the governments, shake, shake us into reality and get this, this, get this set straight. So this, this appeal for something that's actually kind of violent, if, like I said earlier, if the mountains start shaking, rocks start falling, and people start dying. Like, it's like scary, you know. So easy. If you live too close to a mountain, you're just careful about praying for those things. Right? Right. And right now, there are an immense amount of earthquakes, volcanoes, unprecedented amount of things going on all over the world. Uh, check out. Check out the sites and the people that are talking about this and watching this. It's, it's unprecedented. Something's going on. In verse 2, as fire burns brushwood, so... The prophet goes into this illustration. Now he's moving from shaking, earthquakes, shaking, mountains shaking, to, to fire. The fire burns brushwood, as fire burns, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. So I, I paused and I really started meditating on this fire thing. Like, what is fire? It's interesting to look up in the dictionary the definition of fire. Have you ever started researching a word and the definitions are just more words that need to find or more like, that doesn't really explain. Fire is very unique. What is fire after all? And, and fire is, and I, after I kept looking and writing and rewriting, like getting a candle on, on the definition, fire has to do with combustion. There are things that burn there are things that don't burn fires used for a lot of things it usually accompanies like a chemical combustion and i wrote this we observe and experience the transformation of an element it is a transformation of an element from one state to another so if we have a log here piece of wood and we get it to burn after a little bit of time, it's not going to look like a log anymore, is it? So where did it go, you know? And the fire consumed it, and the, and the effect, it created heat. It created an effect that hopefully we desire. If it's your house, it's an undesired. Like, you know, we don't, we don't want that transformation to happen. And so it, it burns, it transforms, but what it becomes is not what it, what it was is gone. You might have a little handful of ashes when the log is totally burned up, right? So here's what's funny, that in our prayers in the church and in our session, we're praying for fire. Light us on fire. So really what you want. Like what's left will be ashes. And, and so I'm like, this is really good, it's, but, what, but what is being said here? And, and it is a call, and it's a, it's a, a realization that I went to um, the burning bush. I'm like, I was just like, let me reread that. So in Exodus chapter 3, and verses 2 and 3, Moses is up on the mountain. 
has an interesting experience. And uh, verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, hmm, I'm going to turn this, hang on, I, I need to go look at this thing. Like, what is this? Have you ever been really inquisitive? Like, what's, what's going on here? I'm used to seeing things burn up, but the bush isn't being consumed. I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And the Lord's presence was in this. And so, very simply, I began to see this intention from the Lord that we would be on fire. He wants us to be on fire, a fire that represents his presence. And we're not consumed. Like, we're still a little body, you know, we still get to walk away from the situation. It would be like uh, the anointing falls in church and the church is gone because everybody burned up in the fire. Like, yeah, yay, you know, the presence came, caught us all on fire, and, whew, you know, we're like that uh, picture of that chicken that gets roasted. Like, oh, there's nothing left but, you know, some bones and just smoke. But seriously, there is a, this is the desire that we burn, and what is the point of the burning? The Lord's presence is there speaking out of us. So this is the desire and this is the need of the hour that the church, that the Lord comes and he wants to, he wants, he needs to represent himself through burning bushes. He wants to light you on fire so his presence can emanate from you. There is a real, like there's a power, there's an anointing in that. That is, that's where we're going. Sometimes Maybe it's an issue we're just short-sighted. We, we go, oh, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell today. I'm not going to hell anymore. I'm just, wow, you know, wipe the sweat off my brow. I made it. I didn't sin today or yesterday. Wow, two days running. I'm doing good, you know. I mean, there are those moments where we're trying to get over something. We're like, man, oh, man, I'm great three days. And I haven't kicked the cat or whatever your thing is, you know. And that's good, but Lord, there's more. There's a, a world that needs saved and not, not just witnessed to. They, they need rescued. They need delivered. They need answers, not a finger that points at what they already know they've got a problem with. That doesn't, they're like, yeah, how many times have you, well, you're teenagers all the time. Like, th that helps a lot, mom. Thanks, sure, I guess. Quote the obvious. Your hair is a mess. Mm-hmm, thank you. Well, you're embarrassing me. Fix it. You know, I'm, I don't know. Why do we say some things? But, but the, the point is, it's, it's not about that. It's about a real uh, uh, a restoration, a delivering people, seeing people set free from things. And, and, and the whole world is, is hungry and broken and, and needing, needing us to really show up and really bring the fire. They need an anointing. I don't want to see something else that's not the church answer that call. Because the call's there, and the brokenness is there, and the horrendous abuses to humankind, they're there, they're getting rescued, but they need healed. Have you listened to some of the testimonies? I've heard several now. Of women now in their 
mid, sometimes guys too, in their 40s, they were trafficked all of their life. Some are born again, but they all still have an edge to them, and part of it is the injustice because they were in plain sight, and no one realized what was going on. And, and you listen to this, and you, you can't, you can, it's, it's so difficult, it's so challenging. And, and the babies, and this, I mean, I'll just pull up, but it's horrible. You don't have to look very far. Like now the information's coming out that's going on. And who's going to heal them? Who's going to rescue them? Is, are we ready to be a place to restore someone that's been trafficked? Like those are the kind of questions I'm having. Do we have a community of people that could, that could bring someone that's been from that because they're coming, they're getting delivered, they're getting rescued as we speak. There are still things going on. The good stuff's still happening, but where do they go and where do they, again, this is part of the bitter cry of these people that have listened to their testimonies. They are now, if they do tell their stories, they're harassed, they're in danger, they're on the move, they're threatened. I mean, they, they face the heat big time because many of them recognize the faces of our politicians, celebrities. Like, oh yeah, I saw this person, da, da, da. Again, I'll pull up. It's real. And you listen to them and you go, you can just feel in your spirit, there's truth, there's, this is true. Like, there's truth to this. It's genuine. They, Wow. They have babies of their own. That's part of the way they control them. They threaten to kill their baby. I want to be the church that is awakened, that is prepared, that gets beyond just my keeping my salvation for more than three days in a row. Again, I'm being foolish about it, but there's a mission that's just huge. And there's a battle that's being fought, and I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I've got some, some Christian leader friends that are like checked out. I'm done with this. This is stupid. I've, you know, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. I'm like, where are you going to go? Hang on to the hope that we have. The one little element, the littlest element of it is that our president's going to be restored. The, the bigger element is that there's a big operation going on in the whole world. It's huge. And God initiated it. Everything's coming to this convergence of, of a new day, a new, new era. And I begin to read, and I'm like, wow, like, you know, we've got the millennial rain coming and all of those things on the horizon somewhere, trying to fit all that together. And I, I'm, I don't even feel qualified to touch it, but I am hearing from pro many prophetic voices something's about to break loose. And, and everything, the, the, the bondage that is on us is going to get broken. Finance, it's going to change. We're, we're right on the edge of this thing. There's all kinds of, there's every reason to have hope. And I would be in conflict when we're thinking about the soon return of Jesus and the imminent return of Jesus, which I'm not taking that away at all, but I'm like, should we be telling our young families, stop having babies? Have you ever had that thought? Like, 
Would you, I hear the language. Would you bring, you want to bring a child into this world? And yet my young adults are like, they're, they're just having babies. Like, I'm grateful. I'm like, yeah. But it, it, it takes faith and hope for a better day to keep doing that. Yeah. And, and I keep asking the Lord, why the prophecy about building something if we're leaving the planet in a couple years? Like, no good planner would plan anything if they know, oh, you know, yeah, that state's going to fall into the ocean, not using any names. Why would you build there, you know? It's gone in a couple years. <laughs> Crack, whatever, you know? But there's the prophetic word, the things that we listen to, and of course you have to discern with those, but there's, there's so much more. So I believe that this fire, this reference to fire, that as it burns, it like we, the Lord wants us to be on fire, and it's like that burning bush where his presence can speak out of us. What does the church look like if there's a burning fire, if we're all burning bushes, if there's a, a, war, there's a light coming from us? There's a, that is, that's not ridiculous. That's real. That is what we're to get to. That's what, that, get your act together, man. Because no matter where you are and you get close to darkness, you're supposed to be the light there. Arise, shine. Your light has come. Jesus is like, hey, your light's here. I'm here. Shine. 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 Take your little iPhone and hit the, the you know, flashlight icon. And if, sometimes I'm late here late at night and you forget to turn something on or off. And, you're, you know, you don't want to turn all the lights on so you walk through the, you know. You start to walk through the place with no lights. And you're like, no, better turn something on. I'll kill myself, you know. I'll hit a chair. It won't be nice. So, you know. The little bit of light can light your way and illuminate. Verse 3. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. Here's the mountains shaking again. Things shake when the Lord's presence shows up. And verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. So I want to be one of these people that is waiting on the Lord patiently for his deliverance, for his, for his anointing, for what he has for me. Not complaining just for, because waiting is an activity. Look at Psalms 27. The footnotes in the Passion Translation are excellent. It means to entwine or entangle. So this waiting thing, you know, I'll say, um, someone will say, hey, you might have to wait a little while. I'm like, I'm never bored. Especially if you have your iPhone. You're like, your phone. Then there's always something to read, to listen to, to, you know, I'm never bored. But even if I don't have anything, I'm never bored. The peace of mind for a little bit is good. I'll just chill. Yeah, I'll just chill here. I've been too busy trying to accomplish things and running around like, Pause. It's good for you. The Lord said, just, just, just sit there for a second. Just don't do anything. <gasps> I can't afford to not do anything. Stuff won't be getting done. You know? It's like, you'd be amazed, amazed what you can do with a little bit of rest. The worst thing that happens to you is when you're functioning and you've got 10 things on your mind. That's very dangerous, huh? You call people the wrong names. You miss the turn. Phyllis is like, hey, we, you know, where, where are you going? We're supposed to turn back there. I said, I'm, I'm like, I just go, I'm on my default setting. I'm just, you know, 
go in this direction, and I usually go that direction, and I don't usually turn on that, and so that's why I missed the road. Besides, I'm thinking of 20 other things, so. I've already stopped thinking about what I'm doing, and I'm thinking about other things. And the Lord wants us to rest, and he wants us to be, there's a fire, that, and, and he wants us to learn to wait on him for things. Just wait. Don't have to always have answers. Don't have to know when. You're, you're a powerful person when you go, oh, it's what I believe. I don't, I don't need, I don't need it to happen right now. I'm locked in. I trust who's in control. See, that's in order to do that, it's really where you've got to go. You've got to learn to trust. You've got to trust who's, in, who's legally in charge. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust who you're under. You, you have to come to some point to a, a place where you go, I, I trust. If there's a delay, there's a reason. If there's a, if there's a delay in, in progress, there's a good reason for it. That makes you a very peaceful person. You're like, so while I'm waiting, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll be here. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll smell the roses. I'll enjoy, you know, life. And it's, it's, it's just amazing when we, when we embrace that. And meanwhile, our job is to make the Lord famous. We need to release the testimony of how the Lord, and that's what's in these two verses here, what he has done and how the Lord has worked. And so that's another activity Build people's faith up, your faith as well. Build people's faith up, when they're, especially when they're in a crisis and they're, they're in tragedy and they're in difficulty with how the Lord has come through. For you, in the Bible, it, like tell these stories, make him famous. You're, I, I remember sharing on this a while back. You're doing one of two things. You're either developing a testimony of God's not going to come through. <laughs> I don't want to be doing that. Or you're developing a testimony of God's gonna, He's gonna do this. You know, well, yeah, but you're still sick. That's nah, all right. I, I still, my hope is set on the Lord at the right time, the right place is going to set me free. He's gonna deliver me. He's gonna heal me. He's gonna, he's gonna work in this way. Because, because He did it back here. Because I heard a story where He did it over here. Because I read a story where He did it in here. And I'm just, I'm just, waiting here if he did it for them he can do it for me he set some pretty good criminals free from what they did like some of our great leaders Moses was a murderer David bad, 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 bad. our beloved psalmist adultery and murder and yet we sing his psalms. Why? Because he reconciled himself to, the, to God. And he, and he came and stood before the Lord and said, I've sinned before you and you alone. And I, I, I acknowledge my sin and the Lord restores him. Because he's just ridiculous about that. And so be careful what story you're developing. What testimony. You're, you're, we're always building a, a testimony. We're always building one. And a story that's either going to encourage people to believe or encourage people not to believe. Like, yeah, I wouldn't wait on that. That never happened. I did that for a long time, and I tried that, and I went to church, and I had some friends, and I got married once, and nope, never again. It went bad. Really? You wouldn't have been part of that, would you? You know. We, we lock ourselves into never going to go, not, not going to do that again. Oh, you're brilliant. That's wow. I want to be just like you. No, not. 
I like the people that say, I failed three times and I got it right this time. Awesome! All this before heaven. You're like, this is great. He's the God of second chances and thirds and fourths and fifths. Like, wow, that's, I always tell when people talk, see our church and people and just, you know, they'll make comments like, wow, this is good. I'm like, just to be clear, it's not because I'm a good leader. I can give you the list of failures and things that weren't good and character flaws. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife and a couple other people that watched me grow up. So there's, it's neat though. There's no boasting in, oh yeah, we did it all right. The boast is in what? The Lord found us. We were orphans. We gathered together as a group of orphans and the Lord rescued us. That's our testimony. And we found our way through trial and error, but we have a real father. We have a real connection. We don't boast about being part of an organization, which we're not part of anyways, but we are boast is in, but the Lord has been with us. Doesn't matter where we planted our feet. Doesn't matter where. We're not called somewhere else. We're called here. I can't go anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere if I got a great idea to go somewhere. I can't, I, I have, I can't go anywhere. Like, well, I'm just going to pack up my tool belt of spiritual gifts and go somewhere else. <laughs> Not. I'm wise enough to know I can't do that. I've got to stay where I'm supposed to be. I, I've visited places. I've visited Bethel and different places and really enjoyed things. And I've been to a lot of different ministries. But at the end of the week, the end of the conference, I can't wait to get back home because it's not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be home. I'm supposed to be here in this place. Verse 5. So the Lord acts on the one who waits on him. Verse 5, that's the end of 4. Verse 5, you, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness. Real easy to just read through that, but here's the promise that the Lord meets those who rejoice. The Lord meets those who rejoice. The Lord meets those who rejoice, who choose. Rejoicing is a choice. And in another activity like waiting, rejoicing, Becoming a person that's thankful. Uh, Melissa, when she walked in, said, I'm learning as I get older. I'm more thankful for, th you know, for things than when, uh, what I used to be. Like, yeah, we're, we're getting smart. Yeah, we're learning how to give thanks. We're learning how to be grateful. Been through enough stuff, you go, oh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm still walking. It's amazing. There were days I wasn't sure I would, you know. I'm still standing. I still have three friends. I'm doing great. Like, you know, like, and, and I, I know Phyllis and I have made this huge transition from uh, in our, just in our, our private life world in our home, the, the how much more there's just positive conversation. How much more we just declare good things. Not trying to be spiritual, just like, because it's the truth. There are things to be grateful for. There's things to be thankful for. There's the, the Lord's at work and just declaring that instead of just always talking about how we feel. You know, you can feel bad in any given moment, and it's a lie. That's the problem with that stuff. Is it the truth? 
I don't know, but I feel it pretty strong. You may, but I wouldn't go there because the, this will lead you, click, 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 pretty soon you'll be in the basement with no windows. Verse 5, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness. So here's part of your simple mission. Identify how to rejoice and identify how to live righteously. Do what's right. Do what, just simply do what you know to be right, which will help you get your eyes off of everybody else that's not doing right. And you'll go, oh, I don't, I can't afford to look at them. I got my own things. I got to get straightened out here. Just do, and doing righteousness, it, it, here's, here's why, this is how you, uh, you, this is what you have to believe in order for this to work, is that the Lord, this matters to him. Otherwise, you're like, I'm wasting my time. Who's watching? No, but except God. He's watching you. And, and so when you exercise these simple, it's amazing how powerful, and the Lord, you start to trust. It's like, I'm so confident the Lord's watching me that it pays off big time that I please him in how I act and that I just, I'm grateful when no one's watching, that I, that I do what's right when no one else sees it, when it doesn't seem to matter. And, and again, I'm going to expand this a little bit. I'm grieved. Other Christians, other Christian leaders that are compromising their integrity and no repentance for it. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at who cheats and who does, does things that aren't ethical. Like, well, what are you people thinking? You know better than this. Every, everything matters. The Lord's watching everything. And this isn't, this isn't religious. This isn't legalism. This is living with a conscience before the Lord. There's right and there's wrong. There are things you know that are the things that please the Lord. And I want to maintain doing the things that please him. Even my flesh says, what the heck? Just indulge yourself. Kick somebody. I don't know, you know. And, and so you can't afford that. And, and this pays really big time. The Lord is the one who remembers you in your ways. The Lord remembers you in your ways. All of my ways? All of them. All the time, all the time. <laughs> when you start living with a consciousness towards this, you, your mission is set before you. You, you won't be bored. You'll, you'll identify every aspect of your life is before him and that he sees it all. You are indeed angry for we have sinned. And this is a reference to the Lord. You're angry with we've sinned. In these ways, we continue, and we need to be saved. Interesting, the, the prophet's always talking about this. It's like, you see, we're aware of who we are, and yet I'm praying for you to come and rescue us, verse 1. I'm praying for you to rip over, rent open the heavens, and come down and make an appearance Shake the entire world, shake the governments, shake everything that has opposed itself to you, and at the end of this, just in this verse, it goes on for the, you know, the rest of the chapter. And I know we don't really deserve it because we've sinned. Like, we've not done what's pleasing in your eyes. So, you can't base this on the fact that, on deserving it. You just make a choice 
to walk and to follow him and to make that a, a, an immense uh, priority. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 5, 10. Revelations chapter 5, verse 10. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Opening line of that scripture is God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Why did you get saved? Why did you get born again? Have you made the adjustment to raise your sights a little bit over your personal life? To see, raise them enough to see there's a world out there that God loves. And your greatest joy and pleasure in life will be in engaging in the way and the place that he put you. And so here in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, However, it's supposed to be interpreted, however it applies, I know everybody uses this, but I see something here. Verse 10, and you've made us kings and priests to our God. And this is after Jesus, we sang that song this morning, open the scrolls. Jesus was redeemed, he was made, he, he, he died for our sins. He shed his blood, we're redeemed to God through, the, through his blood. And in verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So before you're leaving the planet, we've got a job to do, yeah? I don't know projections, times, end times, talk, philosophy. I just like, I stay away from, from it as much as I can without taking away from the promises and the word and what the scripture says. And this thing is clear. We're to rule and reign on the earth. Why did, why did the deep state, why did this evil cabal get so much power? How did they get to the place where they're controlling so much? How did that happen? Somewhere, somehow, the church did not show up. We became very... Um, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know what, what happened. We missed, I'll put it this way. We missed our calling. We missed the big picture. We missed the big mission. And, and, and the salvation of souls is just step one. You've got to see beyond that. We're to, re, to rule and reign in this earth. Why? Because if we don't, they will. And they don't love the so world. They don't love the world. They don't love people. They don't care about people's lives. They, they live for their own agendas. And so at whatever level, here we are in the middle of nowhere, like what, what does it matter? What impact do we have? If every one of us rise into our calling and some will be kings and some will be priests, some will be in the ministry and some will be in the government, like it's not a horrible, we need to be there. We need to and have integrity in it and, care, and be in it because we care about people. 
to, to pray in a way that th this isn't just for the last, last hoopla and let's, you know, let's, let's leave, but it, it's about truly redeeming and truly uh, bringing the Lord's heart for these people. You talk to these people that are victims of the things that I've referred to today, they have a big question. Where are you guys at? Did you not see me when I cried? Were you so consumed? Like I said, so much of this is going on in plain sight. And uh, we need to learn how to raise a voice of opposite and, and go, hey, hey, what, what is that? What's this weird thing? It's like if you're an immoral, per, immoral person, if you cheat on your wife, I don't want you running my government. If you can't be faithful to your family, then I don't want you to be the mayor or the anything else. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to be in this position because how you live your personal life is how you live your public life. You'll bring the same things in. Like everything, we're like, we've come into this place where it's the sacred cow. You can't speak out against anything. You can't speak up. Like the tape needs to be ripped off of our mouth and with a real heart, with a real heart to see justice come, we need to speak and have passion. I just love it. Like, people are being awakened. I was buying tires for my log splitter the other day. You know, and I was talking to the girl. She says, oh, you know, prices are going up. And I just make one comment. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the government, you know, like these price hikes that don't make any sense. And immediately, she was like on track with me, and she goes, you know there's more of us than there are of them. I said, oh yeah, baby, you're talking my language. There are more of us. Do you understand that? There are more of us. There are more people that love God and country and family. There are more of us. How is it that we're so suppressed and silenced and shut down and afraid to talk about Jesus and afraid to do, like, how did we get here? I mean, I know I'm affected by that. I know I've been affected by that. And, and what's it going to, this boldness needs to come on us. And it's like we, the church got so conscious of not offending people. I'll tell you what, John the Baptist offended people and he took his head off for it. So he wasn't that like, you know, user friendly. Jesus, they put him on a cross with a vengeance. Jesus. Why? Because they hated him. Because of what? Because of who he said and what he did. There was a way to come on the scene and not rock the boat. He didn't do it that way, did he? There was a way to not be confronted. And, and, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed about how much I'm fearful to say something to someone that I'm going to say something that's going to offend them. Or you know, How did we get here? And I don't think we should ever be cruel or mean-spirited. You don't have to be that. You can be genuine. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is just be quiet, silent, say one word. Say one thing, stand up. Stand up for what is right. Stand up for justice. You see injustice. It's like, ah, oh, it might, might cost you something. Yeah, it might. But there's a place that we're called to be for God so loved the world, like there's, there needs, there's a compassion, there's a, there's a need. There's, there's so much for us to step into. So if you can't get your act together for yourself, 
get it together for the need. Like, I, I mean, really, it's, it's not about you. It's more than about you and me. Like, there's something higher. You start, I want to live for something higher than myself. Yeah? How about, I mean, honestly, do you really want to just live for yourself? Do you, want to, do you really just want to live where everything is about you? Isn't it so much better to live for something that's higher than that, that's greater than that? I mean, it's the only way you can truly fulfill what Jesus called us to, is to get beyond that place and, and serve and love, not, not being manipulated, but having, having vision, realizing the Lord's watching me, he will repay. The Lord will make sure I'm taken care of. Then you can give and not, not give reluctantly or free. You can give freely. Then you can serve. Then you can take the risk of talking to a stranger, helping somebody. And we're really just, we, just, we need shaken from all of this, this stuff. We've been so badly affected by it. Let's get for, you're beautiful people. Let your light shine. It matters. Let your light shine. Deliverance Jesus wants to bring. It's in Isaiah 60, 61. Like, he wants to see the captives set free. That's big agenda. That's here's why, I, here's why I'm here. I want them to be delivered. I want them to be set free. I want them to be set free from their bondage. I want them to be set free. I want to deliver people from the bondage, the oppressive, oppressions. And it, t- it takes an awakening, and, and that awakening is coming, and that anointing is coming, and I don't want to miss it, and I want to be fully engaged when it hits, and I believe we're on the threshold of it. And Jesus can take care of all the rest of it. I just want to be fully alive. Father, in Jesus' name, let us shine. We do appeal to heaven Rend the heavens, we appeal to you, rend the heavens and come down. Because our hearts cries, if you show up, everything will change. And we need you to show up. Revive us, awaken us. May we be fully alive for your purposes. Fully alive because you will be in that. Knowing you watch us. Knowing every, everything we do is seen by you and that you reward those that wait patiently for you, that trust you enough to wait, that believe and carry through believing your good promises and your good ways. So, Father, encourage our hearts to endure. There are many people that are, in, that are just up against difficult things to endure. Father, lift us up. Encourage our hearts Let the weak say, I am strong. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless all of you.